0: Howdy! (laughs) As you know, this is measure of an episode. Our continuing mission is to explore what makes a Star Trek episode a good Star Trek episode and not just good TV. I'm Paul.
1: And all the way over here is Jonathan. Sorry, well, I mean, since you're shouting, I figured I should shout too. (laughs) What did
0: we watch? What are We, we going to discuss?
1: We watched Profit and Loss. You've got the blurb, but by the end of this, we will definitely need to talk about changing our baseline and our criteria. Because otherwise, so far, <laughs> yeah. DS9 is zero for two.
0: Right. Well, that doesn't mean that we're gonna have to change the the criteria. That just means at this point, DS9 does not meet the criteria. At right. Least, I mean, okay. So, am I doing the blurb? Do I have to say it? I thought I thought we we like if I did the intro, you did the blurb, and vice versa. Is that not true?
1: Um. Yeah. No. That's totally true. And I do have the blurb up. Um, oh, I thought you
0: I, said you've got the blurb as in. It's your responsibility to do the blurb.
1: That that is what I said. That is what I meant. Oh. Um, but oh. since we're switching, I do have it here. Let me just, you know, look through my papers. Um,
0: hold on. Almost found it. All right, I'm going to read the blurb now. Okay. Cisco and the Ops Crew. Who are the Ops Crew? I don't. What does that even mean? Is that just the? Is that the, just the cast of the like? I don't know. Okay. Cisco and the ops crew pull in a small, severely damaged Cardassian vessel containing three passengers. Yeah. I it mean, it seems like it should go on.
1: Oh, I know but it doesn't. Right. I mean, there's, there's no mention of quark in there at all.
0: Yeah. And this is totally a quark episode. I mean, are you hooked by that, by that blurb? Can you not wait to see what happens? I mean,
1: I'm, I'm definitely intrigued to like, it's, it's super boring. It sounds like there's going, like, it sounds like it's missing something. It absolutely And it does. did not disappoint. <laughs> But uh, so the to go back to your original rhetorical question. Um I think the ops crew is just yeah the the cast company like cuz it's it's the operations crew. So it's not the security crew,
0: which I want to keep track it to see if they ever call it the ops crew ever again in the blurb. Okay. Ever again or if they call, or if they refer to that crew in the show as the ops crew. I'm
1: going to say it never happens on the show, but I'll bet it happens more in the blurbs.
0: In the blurbs? Okay. Well we can bet on nothing and then I'll win.
1: <laughs> we'll compromise.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So I knew that when the cold open ends with, she's the love of my life or no, what was it? She was it? She, she's it was either the, she's the love of my life or this is the happiest day of my life. It was oh, one of those yeah. two.
1: It was the happiest day of uh, my life. Yep.
0: I knew I was going to be bored as hell throughout the entire 44 <laughs> and a half minutes. I don't want to do, I wanted to call it off. So it are being the podcast,
1: <laughs> are there any heavy, character episodes that you do enjoy?
0: Well, something like The Inner Light, which is not just about two people talking and sitting in a room talking about how much they love each other. Okay. That actually had some some depth to it and it wasn't about recounting something that had already happened and expecting us to give a shit by the end of the episode. Except I think that's exactly what
1: happened to The Inner Light.
0: <laughs> no, you care about, I cared about what happened in The Inner Light. Like, I cared about Picard's like, right.
1: But they recounted something that had already happened and they expected you to care.
0: No, you lived through it with Picard. But it was a
1: historical event that he was like, they were recounting to him. He just happened to be living at the same time. Anyway, right, but, we're not talking but about Picard, that episode.
0: Picard didn't just wake up and tell everybody what happened. You actually got you, you got to actually watch what happened. <laughs> oh,
1: I want that episode.
0: <laughs> Somebody waking up from a dream and like calling in the crew. <laughs> Here's what happened. <laughs> I, would, I would still watch that. In place of this
1: episode, though. (laughs) So what was really interesting about this episode, at least so far, is um,
0: there was no B-plot. Everything Mm. you think there was? Okay. I mean, they kind of merged at the end. It felt like the whole Garrick Cardassian, are you a spy thing was kind of separate, although still related. So it kind of meets our criteria a little bit. Uh, That's not going to matter, though, because it, it kind of merges into one thing. and doesn't go anywhere. Sort of the whole – I guess what I'm getting from the show is Garrick is – they're always wondering if he's some sort of spy of some kind. And it's – I mean this makes it very clear that he is, which is weird because we just watched the inner light – (laughs) sorry. We just watched The Search, which it takes place later, This the season three opening, where it seems way more unclear if he's a spy. You would think that – I mean I suppose Quark – uh, is keeping his mouth shut about garrick
1: I, I don't know so the the only part for me for, as far as Garrick's story goes that was a little confusing was why he gave up the information about the Cardassians being there in the first place unless again thinking several steps ahead, it was to bring someone there that he could then eliminate, which would just be one less person to worry about.
0: Right. It was unclear. I, right. I I, mean, especially coming out of it, coming out of it without a lot more context as to who this person is. And also really what the whole thing with the Cardassian thing is, like, is happening. I mean, obviously, so in general, this whole episode kind of exposes the whole Cardassian is under military rule. It seems like a terrible thing. And also it further demonstrates what you were saying about how DS9 totally bought into the political thing with Star Trek.
1: Right. And I think that's part of it is the fact that Garrick does these things that are always ultimately beneficial in the long run. Um, So it does seem like he knows what he's doing, but it it very much seems like he's playing the opposite side until suddenly he turns against them and he no longer is. So, you know, um, so everyone's just kind of like, who who are you? What is what is your situation?
0: I actually like he's my favorite character so far. I used to love Odo, but now that I'm seeing him again um, for the first time since high school, he's super hammy and overplayed. Like oh, he over, yeah. He's like super overacts right. with this stuff. It's 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 really weird. I always thought he was more understated and stoic. Like the way that he talks, like he's doing this gruff, low, but he, it's not like he's sort of just cantankerous. He's like he's he's pretending to be a dad trying to play with his kid all the time, like as the Cookie Monster. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> it
1: sounds like your dad being Cookie Monster. Odo is your dad That's being what it Cookie Monster? Like. It
0: sounds like a dad being Cookie Monster. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, I mean, my it's... dad just happens to be the Cookie Monster. That's <laughs> why I'm...
1: Odo is very one note for the first couple seasons. Um He's cantankerous. He believes only in justice, and he kind of blindly follows it. Um
0: and It's and also so specifically to this episode. It makes zero sense that he would let them all go at the end, right? Zero sense. It doesn't. I mean, I don't even know why. I mean, I understand that he's sympathetic to these to these Cardassians who are trying to overthrow the government, but he wouldn't just let them go. I mean, Cisco would ex- like, he should be, Odo should be executed like immediately. Like, cause clearly he's not a good, he's not a good officer. Right. Like, I suppose this speaks to what happens later where they're like, Odo, you don't follow the rules. I didn't realize that meant going completely 100% against what the captain orders. Right. It's literally
1: <laughs> not following the rules. It's not following it's- your own <laughs> rules. It's like literally actively opposing what you were told it's- to do yeah i think I think letting them go is really the issue i think that his um his position was good him saying like he looked through their files and there was nothing that would warrant the death penalty um but at that point you would offer them uh the s word um asylum yeah
0: <laughs> the s word asylum <laughs>
1: Is that the word I'm thinking of? I'm thinking sanctuary, yeah. but that's not right. Yeah. Asylum. Okay. It is. Asylum. Okay. That
0: starts with an A. Yeah. I know. The, just for the Thanks. listeners. Yeah.
1: Just like a stigmatism, you know, also
0: starts with an S. <laughs> I have many stigmatisms. <laughs> let's jump to the beginning here for a second. Right. Now that because, we've talked about the end. <laughs> no, because that was the most exciting part. The, the boring part at the end. That was the most exciting part. Right. So, <laughs> now let's so let's talk to the okay. 36 minutes of it. It's, yeah, this whole episode is front-loaded with bullshit between Quark and who's the lady whose name I don't remember. I thought it was Fatima
1: at first. It's Natima. I wrote it
0: down. Natima. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good for you.
1: I also watch it good with subtitles. You. Do you do that or no?
0: No. Okay. I, I I hate subtitles. I can't. I won't even watch good movies with subtitles. You think I'm going to turn on subtitles for crappy stuff? <laughs> but you see, you don't know this is crappy until you watched it. You're like, oh, I, oh, I shouldn't have had <laughs> subtitles on from the beginning. When the, I told you, when the episode... Uh cold opened with this is the happiest day of my life and he chased after a girl, no, I was out. I immediately I should have turned off the whole episode, not just the subtitles.
1: <laughs> well, especially since we've already established that the cold open is the A plot, which means that no matter what the B plot is, the majority of the time is gonna be on Quark trying to woo back this girl.
0: Right. Yeah. It's more of the F U plot. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so the first three quarters of this episode is basically front-loaded with Quark chasing this old flame of his, and there's many scenes about it where he's either talking to other DS9 characters or to her herself, and she seems very uninterested. Oh, yeah. Very uninterested. And I understand why they did that. She's very uninterested because that pays off later when she finally caves, right? But— I get It's such a 180. It's such a 180. It's such a 180. I so it feels like he's drugged her with something. No, right?
1: so for me, because it came out back after the commercial break, after she shot him and he lay down on the ground, I expected the rest of the episode when she reacted that way, I expected the rest of the episode to involve him helping the other Cardassians escape, her staying with him and like wanting to stay on DS9 with him, and then him waking up back in his room with her having just shot him. Because of how stark that contrast was between how she behaved before she shot him and how she behaved after, I absolutely (laughs) expected the rest of it to just be a a fever dream.
0: That would have been interesting. I would have been a different kind of annoyed if that had happened, but it would have been less. Like it wouldn't have given me indigestion (laughs) because it's such a weird moment when she all of a sudden starts professing her love and there was no reason for her not to earlier. Really? I mean, what was the reason? I don't think there was one. No. Well, here's the problem. Everybody in Star Trek, and this this includes uh, Next Generation, has shady person blindness? Because the first time we see her quote-unquote students walk off the ship after it's been damaged, like the first, I think it's the cold open, the first time we see them, they look super shady. I mean, everybody should be able to tell, this is obviously not, like they're not, they're lying. <laughs> You're to arrested. Like, like we need to put them directly into the brig because, <laughs> because they obviously are not students. She is obviously not a teacher, <laughs> right? Is it like hard to act shady like that? I always wonder, cause there's two things that happen a lot in TV. One is the first act shadiness where you have to kind of look guilty about something, but nobody else notices. You're just sort of there to, to signal to the audience that something isn't right. Right. And the other kind is where you play the asshole or the you know the antagonist or something, and you finally get your comeuppance, and you're supposed to look like you're, I guess, defeated.
1: Were they like be like begrudgingly realize that they what the way they were acting was wrong? That one,
0: yes, okay, yes. The the thing that humans never do in real life, that thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm with you. Those are the two acting things that you see all the time in TV that I always wonder: is that is that a skill? Because I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could act crestfallen in a selfish way. And I can't even put words on what that look is, but the shadiness, I suppose I could act shady. Anyway, is this a stupid conversation? I feel like this might be this might be de- devolved. Yeah. There's nothing else to talk about in this episode.
1: <laughs> I mean, we might've gone off a little tangent here, but I think one of the other things too about them is just the makeup in general his his love interest, Natima, like she she acted shady through the entire thing, even when she was professing her love for him. And I think it's because of how many prosthetics were on her. You just don't know how to convey emotion through all those layers.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. Are you with me that you knew immediately that they were shady?
1: No, I wasn't really looking at them in, that, in the cold open, so I can't really say to that. But when they got to Quark's bar and how they sat like very stiffly and awkwardly, I was like, okay, yeah, There's even before Garrick came along and, and eyed them. So speaking of before Garrick came along and eyed them, we actually haven't done the beats of the episode at all. I mean, we've kind of, so, <laughs> so allow me, if I may. Quark sees an old flame and wants to get back together with her and she refuses until she shoots him and then changes her mind. And then they, he helps them escape the end.
0: Yeah. You're right. I mean, that took way longer than it should have, but I think that, I think you nailed, you get all the, you got all the beats pretty well. Well, yeah, I was
1: trying to think if there were any details. Um, and then like the, the minor B plot that you keep proclaiming is a B plot is that Garrick is the one who gave up the Cardassians and then he stops them from boarding the plane or boarding, <laughs> boarding their ship, um, until <laughs> the actual soldier comes along and then he shoots the soldier and says, okay, you're free to
0: go. Right. Yeah. Yes. Cool. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's if if we had to classify anything that happens in this episode as a B plot, that would be it, right? There's nothing else that happens. I mean, the only other B plot is uh, the impracticality of owning a clothing store on an alien spaceship where nobody has the same body type at all. Because Garrick, he has a clothing shop, and I mean, does he just is he retailer every single thing according to the species that who buys it? That like, was. Who, That was actually the impression
1: that because of how small his shop is, I assume (laughs) that it is genuinely like he is there. It's
0: totally impractical. Well, Well, I I think he's there almost
1: entirely for repairs. Like, I think that's that's what it is. Like, he's got a few things on display like Taylor's wood, but it's not it's not a place where you would actually sell clothes. You also have replicators.
0: You have these scanning devices that can get your measurements down to a nanometer. Right? right. Yes. And they can just print out. They just print out a, a a shirt for you, and it fits perfectly every time. What do you need Garrick for? Right. I mean, they should immediately. it's somebody who comes to this place and says, "Hey, I'd like to open a clothing shop," They're like, well, you must be a spy, right? <laughs> right. Because that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Please get off the ship. <laughs> so yeah, there's really not a B plot. No. To, not not really, especially one that would be considered a Star Trek B plot, which is usually more character oriented. Right. Um, I mean, Cisco's only in the show. I mean, less than five minutes. Yeah. He has two or three scenes maybe. Yeah. <laughs> he's such an overactor. Everybody in the show is overacting. There's this one scene where he's talking to Garrick and Cisco is like doing the, he's doing the Star Trek pacing plot. And so after he gets done, he's facing away from Garrick and then he finishes his line with, cause you might be a spy. And then he flips around real quick. Like he's in gone with the wind. Right. And I don't know if, if the show is just dated or if they meant to do that.
1: Right. The, the thing that, um, that caught me on Cisco after, after thinking about it from the last episode and paying attention for it in this episode, it's, it's that he hits unnecessary words in his sentence. Like he, he, you know, (laughs) like where where William Shatner does those like dramatic pauses as he's trying to come up with the word Cisco, like punches all these words in his sentence.
0: So the Cardassian's, by the way, I'm trying really hard not to say Kardashians. Right, um, <laughs> I know. Really yeah. hard because I think I said it a couple times last episode. You did. Uh, uh, so I don't. You tell me, are they evolved from snakes? I think scorpions.
1: Okay, I think like some kind of scorp. Like I was thinking about that this episode too. Like just because of their like stiff exoskeleton shoulders, and they they do have. A lot of like cartilage or extra bone or something like that. Um, so it's it's definitely insect based.
0: Yeah, I mean it has that sort of cobra neck thing right. going.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think it's reptile. I think it's insect, and more specifically like predatory insect.
0: Speaking of their anatomy, I, I'm really glad that I didn't watch this particular episode with my parents because there's that scene where Cork starts masturbating her neck. Right. My
1: ten year old daughter walked in on that point, and oh god, yeah, what's
0: he doing to
1: her? <laughs> Well, yeah, and she she like kind of like raised her eyebrows and looked away. Like I should not be watching this right now. And so I yeah, so I paused it and I was like, what? <laughs> you know, but it's
0: Star Trek,
1: so I don't want her to think like she should not be watching Star Trek.
0: Well, she shouldn't be watching this Star Trek. <laughs> right. you fact, should you're not going to this spec- spec- Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now she thinks there's two different types of Star Trek. There's regular Star Trek <laughs> and, and Star, Star Trek Star After Dark. Dark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly white fences that sounds like a <laughs> Uh
1: tales from the brig yeah. so there was a another scene um where quark is in with garrick and he says how ferengi of you like i know that the ferengi are proud of their shrewdness and deal making and all that kind of thing but like there's there's no way like If somebody came in and was like being very shrewd with their finances, um, I'm going to preface this by saying I am Jewish. That you would say, "How Jew of you!"
0: (laughs) Like, are they? Is that what they're saying? I mean, I, I I mean, I know that they're saying when they say that they're like, you know, usually Ferengi are not as generous as you're being, and that's that's said at least twice in this episode, right? And it seems like they say that every time. They're (laughs) just stingy, money grubbing a holes, but are they being racist cuz it it seems to roll off of Quark's back so i don't know is it i mean is he taking it personally or is he taking it as a as a, uh, a compliment well
1: he does take it as a compliment because that's how the ferengi are are um presented in the show um but the thing is like every every culture every um alien race up until i want to say voyager maybe enterprise but i think it was voyager um, was a one note alien race like the Klingons are warriors, the Ferengi are shrewd deal makers, but they like they're they're always presented one note. And then, um, and then there's an episode, might be DS Nine, I'm pretty sure it's Voyager, where they no, maybe it was DS Nine, where in like the later seasons they meet a Klingon who is not about fighting, and you know, and they're like, what? That's so weird, and you know, and they're like, what? Do you think the entire planet is nothing but warriors and it's kind, of, it's kind of like, well, yeah, up to this yeah. point, like, that's how it's been presented because that's how it was supposed to be presented.
0: Yeah, they were way too far into it to retcon Klingons at that point. Right. right? We'd already had several, like, decades of Klingons being presented as just warmongers. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't get to retcon that stuff. Okay, so DS9, can, we, can I say something just in general about DS9? The, no. the set or the, the ship? It's lit li- like a submarine. For example, or the whole set is like a summer, like all the lights, it's almost like they put this metal grating underneath wow. the lights. So everything has that sort of that great, all the lights, like there's always that shadow over every, over everything. Uh huh. So there's that. And then there's like all of the, the, <laughs> the staircases are super narrow is like, is, did you notice this? Well, yes, but I also know why.
1: Okay, so, wow. I, I knew that you like didn't have a whole lot of memory of this show, but I thought you at least knew the basic premise. So, DS9 was a Cardassian a submarine. It used to be a submarine. <laughs> yeah, it was completely reformatted to go from underwater to into space. Yeah. But it was a Cardassian concentration camp for the Bajorans.
0: Oh, so, so it's a prison.
1: It was, yeah. And then when the Cardassians and the Bajorans um, declared their... They're a lot not alliance, but they, they, they declared peace, but it's not peace. Like it's just an uneasy peace, I guess.
0: Um, it's a ceasefire, I guess, of some kind.
1: Yeah. Um, no? but I, I mean the, the Cardassians were very much in control of the Bajorans. And then they said, okay, we'll let them go. But there's still major tension. It's just that the Federation got involved. And to do so, the Federations took over this concentration camp and made it a a Federation station, Deep Space Nine. From season to season, it gets brighter and brighter. But the the first season, it's it's even darker. And when it goes back to when it has a couple flashback episodes, um, it's almost entirely like blue lit where you can, you know... Can only see what they
0: want you to see. Oh, I guess that clears it up. Yeah, I just thought it, I just thought it was just a new way to make the TV show look cool because it does look cool, I, right? I like it. I just it, there didn't seem to be an obvious reason for it.
1: And without starting from the beginning, there's not. Like they don't they don't mention it every single episode <laughs> to bring the audience up <laughs> and to speed. It,
0: it is a little weird. There's this concentration camp which carries a lot of weight with it. It's not a prison. It's a concentration camp which. You know, if, if I had a choice, do you want to go to prison or to a concentration camp? Right. right? Yeah. So they, they they use that word on purpose. And so then they're going to commandeer this concentration camp and live in it. Like, I mean, I, I know it's not the same thing, but why would you want to set up offices at Auschwitz? Right. <laughs> right. You're just going to we're just going to avoid that building. Right. Right. So I, I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is not a good Star Trek episode. I, well no i, I, I mean there's. again
1: based on based on what we talked about um at the beginning uh like of the podcast um the whole thing that we're doing um there's there's no what? i know sorry <laughs> i realized that looks like trying to get more and more specific let me start that whole thing over <laughs> based on what we had mentioned in our first episode Um, there's no, there's no sci-fi to this other than the different alien races, but there's nothing sci-fi about, um, refugees and, um, and political activists and military trying to stop a, stop a coup basically or an uprising.
0: If you took off the makeup. There, there would be nothing. I mean, you could even, there, there. The stand-ins for just regular things, like their ship is broken, or their car is broken, right? Right? Or their stagecoach is broken. Yeah. It doesn't matter, right? It, it's almost like they ripped it from an old western or something like that, right? Where they found because arrows the,
1: in the, <laughs> in the broken down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Your wheel is pretty broken here. I don't know if I'm able to fix it right away. Like it's not. It's it, there's nothing science fiction about this show, right? Or sorry, this, this particular episode. episode. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, and and I, I feel like that happens for the for a, for a lot of DS9. With that being said, so based on our criteria, there was barely a B-plot, which really didn't advance the character because he remains a mystery for the entire time. Um, and the A-plot was a non-sci-fi conflict with a
0: non-sci-fi resolution. Just the total lack of any science fiction whatsoever kind right. of disqualifies it anyway.
1: Right. Uh, well, one last thing that I do want to say about the, the episode. When Quark is like, tell me you have no feelings for me whatsoever. And without missing a beat, she says, you have no feelings for me. I have no feelings for you whatsoever. And he's like, yes, you hesitated. (laughs) And then like after the commercial break, like not even two minutes later, she's like, Quark, did you mean it? Do you really love me? And he like pauses for like three seconds as he's like, trying to come up with what to say. (laughs)
0: Well, he probably is shocked because it didn't seem like she was interested at all. Like there was a point where I thought, oh, maybe this is not the same person. Right. We're going to pull the old switcheroo like they they stole her face or something.
1: <laughs> Which <laughs> and, would have been sci-fi.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. Where's that episode?
1: All right. But going back to the, the criteria, do you feel like we need to, at this point, do you feel like we need to either amend or add to, like kind of it's either this or it's this um, to to incorporate DS9 or do you want to just keep saying that DS9 is not Star Trek?
0: No, it's too early. Okay, I mean, I I want to have a little bit more faith in in Star Trek, and and specifically DS Nine, just to see if they pull out some some science fiction stops here. Okay, so I think it's too early to do that. Plus, I I don't want I, I I don't I think part of this criteria is that what we think is a good episode, and granted, we're trying to be as objective as possible. I don't like these types of things. This is not what attracts me to Star Trek. Sure. So, I don't think I can just say just because one of the Star Trek shows tries to concentrate on the political drama of everything, that that automatically makes it a good Star Trek episode. I'm happy to just completely write off DS9. <laughs> right.
1: It's it's set but in the Star Trek universe, universe, but it's not a Star Trek show. So um, I will say uh, we, we probably do need to consider the fact that, like we talked about it on the last DS9 episode and um, on this one, but Gene Roddenberry did mean for Star Trek to be an allegory for political issues. And in our criteria, we don't have that at all.
0: Yes, but I think I, I think it's fine as a setting. But I don't think it's where every episode is about literally political stuff. I thought I, I I took that to mean you know in the same way that Roddenberry wanted it to be about morality, right? Right. That it's not like in every episode of Next Gen they're wondering, like they're saying out loud, you know, should I do this or should I not? Like that. That's implied. The implication is the whole episode is about that. I mean, do you like that? Is that something that you would want to watch? I mean, I guess you did watch all of it.
1: Right. Well, and I think I think it depends on on how it's written. You know, I think um, I think Scandal's really good. I thought House of Cards was really good. Um, you know, and those are those are political intrigue and espionage,
0: and probably better Star Trek episodes. Too.
1: <laughs> right. Um, I never watched The West Wing, but I think that you did and you liked it. And yeah. you know, and the, these are all political shows. So like having a political aspect to it is not going to instantly turn me off because it's it's political heavy. Um, I think it absolutely depends on the quality of the writing. So.
0: Yeah, but I don't like my chicken soup to taste like ice cream. Yeah,
1: and enemies make very dangerous friends.
0: <laughs> no, mine makes way more sense and <laughs> is way more. No, don't you don't do that. I I'm gonna edit you out, and it's just gonna be me talking to nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean, though, right? Like, yes, I like both of those things, but when one is supposed to be something, I don't want it to be the other thing.
1: Sure, but we're expecting Star Trek to, or, or we're expecting DS9 to be a political, uh, a political heavy show. So you know, you if you if you want Star Trek to be straight up Star Trek like from the original series and Next Generation, you're going to skip DS9. If you if you want Star Trek in all aspects, at which point we probably do need to amend what the criteria is, including something political and/or moral, then DS9 can be a really good show because it you know takes place in the Star Trek universe, but it also much more heavily deals with. The, the political aspect of how do you keep a federation, a peaceful society, which is where like sector 51 came in.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I get this at this point for me, I'm unwilling to make a, a change to our criteria. Okay. And I'm also unwilling to write off DS nine. Okay. I think that we're too early. We're too early into our experiment here. Gotcha. All right.
1: Let's give it a year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, ye of too much faith. <laughs>
1: All right, so based on the criteria, this was not a Star Trek episode at all. And having said that, it really wasn't that great of a TV episode.
0: No, no. And we could have, I mean, we could have stopped after the cold open and known that. But we
1: didn't. I mean, this, this episode, you almost literally could have watched the cold open and like the last five minutes of Garrick showing up to stop them. And if you know anything about DS9, you would be like, oh, it's that crazy. Is he? Is he not a spy? He's stopping them. Oh, he killed that Cardassian soldier. I'm all caught
0: up. That would be kind of fun to do a 30-second edit of all these uh, episodes. <laughs> Just you get all the all the beats in 30 seconds. All right, let's do it. What's next? Yeah. Oh, an original series. Ooh, TOS 307, Day of the oh, Dove. nice. Original air date 11011968. So this is the third season, so this should be very interesting. Yeah. So, let's pull up the blurb. Right. I don't know the blurb is an entity wraps the enterprise crew and the crew of a disabled Klingon battle cruiser in an unending war aboard the enterprise oh sounds interesting. interesting yeah, yeah get to see old school Klingons too
1: right old school Klingons old school special effects
0: yeah it's gonna be great yeah. okay let's let's go see what do you you normally say <laughs> let's go watch it let's go watch it <laughs> okay <laughs>